Good morning this morning. I love music. Music can move me in, in ways that words can't. <clears throat> and a couple of those songs really hit home um, with me and have, have been the eye of the storm. I will always remember my Uncle Woody when he found out he had cancer. That was his go-to song. Um, and it really helped him through some, some tough times because he's a man of God and a child of God and he knows that victory is his ultimately at the end and it didn't matter to him what happened. As a family member, that's hard to swallow. He was more at ease than anybody else was. And the family, our family, because we loved him so much and grieved so much for him, it caused him to grieve more than what he should have because he was content with his faith. He knew the victory was his. He knew that God had it in his hands. And we kind of ruined that for him in a way. Um, but there's strength whenever you can draw closer to the Lord. And music does that for me. I can really pull in and I can really draw in closer to the Lord. And there's contentment that you can find there. And that's what he's talking about, the anchor in the middle of the storm. He's, he's our solid rock, our foundation, the one place that we can stand that will never fail. So if you don't have a go-to song, look for one. If that's where you find your strength or in poetry or, you know, just find whatever draws you in and, and helps you focus. It's a beautiful day outside. I would assume that's why there's a few people missing. But we're going to pray for them while they're not here and hope they can feel us reaching out to them and, and feel God reaching down upon them. So if you would, please bow with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, by your grace alone, we're here this morning. Lord, because of you, I believe that everybody is here for a reason. God, that nobody is here by mistake this morning. Lord, and I believe that we came seeking you this morning, Lord, and you... You tell us that if we seek you, we'll find you. God, we've come here to find you this morning. Lord, we don't want to leave here unchanged. God, fill us up this morning. God, help us change. Help us to be better for you. Help us draw closer to you. Lord, help us to realize the strength that we have in you. Lord, we're here for you this morning. We're here to draw closer. We're here to gain strength. We're here to gain forgiveness. God, we're here searching you. Allow us to have pliable hearts, Lord, that you can write your words on us. Lord, that we would memorize it, that we would meditate on you. Lord, that we would seek you consistently and wholly. Lord, I pray for each and every service that's taking place this morning across this great world that you've created. God, lives are changing, and it's because of you. Lord, we ask you to move in our church, and our community, and our families. God, we invite you in. Lord, just change us this morning. Lord, we just love you and thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to start out this morning. It's so funny. I say it all the time, but God lines things up. Um, this youth that we're fixing to start, watching my wife go in prayer about it and watching things that she's told me she's prayed hard about and asked for me to pray with her, 
come to fruition and watching God work is, is amazing. It's, it gives me goosebumps even talking about when he starts work, how things just fall in place. And, and we talked about it a little bit in Bible study this morning. And if, if you're not making it for Bible study, man, you're missing out. It's, it is good stuff. It's great fellowship. We got time to learn and grow together, um, studying God's word. Man, it's fantastic. Kenny does a great job. I'm sure the other classrooms are blessed. The kids got a place to go. It's, it's good stuff. I'm going to start off this morning reading one verse out of Proverbs 9, just because it came up in Sunday school this morning. And it, it's come up a couple times, and I just feel like I should read it. In Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the beginning of wisdom is fear in the Lord. I think that we've lost a, a fear of the Lord. We've, we've softened God to a place that we no longer fear Him or revere Him for the kind of power He has because we, we shape Him to conform to our world and to fit inside our box when God doesn't have defined lines and He is not defined. He is infinite. He's the beginning and the end. He's bigger than anything we could ever wrap our minds around. But as human and fleshly, we continue to try to wrap our minds around what He is and His powers. But I just want to say that we can't because He's more than what we could ever fathom that He is. But I'm going to be in Genesis this morning. Where's Brother Kenny? That's towards the front. Where's Kenny at? I was taking jabs at Kenny and he's not even standing here. I'll have to remember it. I'll tell him later. But we'll be in Genesis chapter 32 starting in verse 22. And I believe as a church we've lost a lot of grit about us. And I'm going to tell you a little football story because a lot of things to me... I can relate to sports, and I didn't understand when I was playing sports how much I could relate it to Christian life, but you can really relate anything that is in the Bible to everyday life and whatever you have maybe poured your heart and soul into for a little bit. But whenever I was playing college football, and we were playing on real grass fields, and it had rained a whole bunch, you had to go buy longer spikes. So on the bottom of football cleats are interchangeable spikes. And your normal spikes are inch, inch and a half long. Your muddy day spikes, it's unreal. They are like that and they can break a bone in your foot if stepped on. I experienced that as well. But whenever it was muddy, you had to go find the right equipment so that you could have a chance in the battle. So as a freshman, the seniors a lot of times like to pick on you. So we were doing double teams one day, and I had kind of gotten poking some fun at some seniors, out of good humor. Well, they got a chance to retaliate. Because coach called my name, he said, you're going first, we're going to work on double teams. What double teams is, is when offensive linemen, two of them come at you, they're usually coming at you with the football, so they're going to run it. So as a defensive lineman, your goal is to not move backwards, but to press forward. And so when they say, Mason, you're first up for double teams, 
I was like, great. It had been raining, cold rain. It was the end of season. Wasn't frozen yet, but it was like 38 degrees out in Kansas. When they asked where we wanted to practice double teams at, I mean, defensive linemen are a sort of their own. They really are. They're a different bunch. They get jacked up on some weird things, and they get excited. So when he asked where we wanted to practice double teams at, they picked the biggest puddle on the whole entire field. And this thing was like half the size of this room, and in the middle of it, it was about a foot deep. Well, that's where we went at 38 degrees, still misting, we go to a foot deep puddle on the football field. My name gets called first. And then he says, all right, what two seniors want to double team Mason? I'm like, oh, this is just fantastic. Well, we had two All-Americans that I had been given fits to. And they're like, ooh, I do. And I'm like, Great, you know, one of them's like 6'7", weighs about 300 pounds, and the other one's probably 6'4", and weighs about the same. And I'm standing there, and I'm, you know, I'm 6'2", 6'3". I played football at 260. But I'm like, this is going to be terrible for me. Like, this is a bad idea. And he grabbed me by the face mask, my coach did, and he said, you better not move back an inch. He said, I don't care if you go down, but you will take them down with you. But if you move backwards, you're going to be doing up-downs for the rest of practice. Do not move. Uh, you know, of course, I'm kind of joking around. and I said, I'll do the best I can. He's like, no, you will not move. He said, if you start to move you hit the ground and take them out by their feet. You will not move. You will not allow them to move you. I said, okay. So it went about like I expected. He snapped the ball. We hit. Well, when we hit, it dislocated my shoulder. I fell down almost immediately into this puddle. So I am completely submerged underwater. I've got two 300-pounders laying on top of me. I'm trying to breathe. And I come up out of the water. Of course, the water's cold, almost frozen. And he said, that was fantastic. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like this with the shoulder out of place. I'm like, it really didn't feel that fantastic. And he's like, you sacrificed like I asked you to sacrifice. And he said, you gave it your all. And he said, while you were drowning, <laughs> you created a pile that a running back could not get over. You did your job. You stood strong and stood your ground. So just like in the game of football, I believe that our prayer life in our Christian life, we have to battle for every inch gained. The great thing about it is, is we have God on our side. But He will come after you and He will tell you, Son, you're going to have to give it everything that you've got and I don't want you to move. 
You don't move. You don't allow Satan to move you. I have equipped you with the tools. Now I'm asking you to stand fast and stand firm in my word. Now we'll go through battles in life. And that's really what I wanted to get to because this is applicable to life. We're going to go through valleys. It's not all cupcakes and rainbows. It gets dirty sometimes. It gets nasty sometimes. Sometimes we get uncomfortable. But the battle is raging while the storm is going on. God has equipped you to get through these things. Just like I said last week, faith doesn't demand miracles, it produces them. If you cannot stand strong and you keep tucking tail and running, you're never going to get the strength to live the life that God wants you to live. So many times in the Old Testament, Lord, gird me up. Protect me. Give me strength. This wasn't a prayer that they just prayed every day because I've got a physics test tomorrow. A lot of them were demanding it for their life. So a prayer becomes a lot more faithful whenever your life is hanging in the balance. And I wanted to talk in Genesis 20. 32, starting in verse 22. And he rose up that night, Jacob. I'm going to give you a little bit of history here. Jacob's going to meet his brother, Isaiah. And he's a little scared because he stole, steal's not the wrong word, but he took it when it was not his, his inheritance from his family. Jacob took Isaiah's inheritance. And he's going back to meet him because that's what God told him to do. And he's a little nervous. So at this juncture, he has heard that Isaiah is coming out to meet him and he has sent gifts and he has sent extended family and part of his community that's with him. So we're kind of hearing that night before. And it says in verse 22, And he rose up that night and took his two wives his two women servants, and his eleven sons. And he passed over for Jabbok, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over all that he had left. So he kind of got them out of harm's way. He was putting them aside. In verse 24 it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. 
For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Jacob wrestled with this. Now it calls it a man. But in pretenses it was an angel. They say some an angel. I've heard some people call it the pre-incarnated Christ, the angel of the Lord. I've called it different things. But we can be rest assured that it was no ordinary man. Because he touched his hip and it was dismayed. But the point I'm getting at is Jacob wrestled with this man all night. And finally he said, let me go. And he said, I won't do it. I won't do it until you bless me. Now when's the last time, and we touched about it a little bit this morning in Sunday school, and that's why I didn't get too hot and heavy into it, because guess what? God aligned things again this morning with the Sunday school lesson and what my sermon was. But when is the last time that you've wrestled with something for so long and you were unwilling to give it up because you knew a blessing was at the end of it? But I think all too often we fall short of that blessing because things get hard. Things get dirty. You're a foot underwater with 600 pounds laying on top of you. And you're saying, uncle, let me out of this place. Instead of pressing forward, looking for what God would have for you at the end of it. Sometimes we mistake these battles like God has come against you. Or God is testing you. But what God is really trying to do, He's trying to build you. He's trying to grow you. He's trying to do a work in you that only God can do. And it's through these times that we will receive the biggest blessings. These are when the miracles come. When it gets hard, you have to keep pressing. It doesn't stop when it gets hard. It gets better when it gets hard. Because God is doing a work in you. God might not only be doing a work in you, but He might be doing a work in people around you. Because somebody might be watching you, how you're handling situations, and how you're striving against obstacles. People will come against you at this world just to see how you'll react. I had a professor in college, and he came at the class so often times, you would think that he was a godless man. But he was not. He was a God-fearing man, but he wanted you to know why you believed what you believed. And he wanted to push you to your educational limits because he would come at you with facts of opposition to make you dig deeper, to make you look harder, to make you stand strong in what you believe. But I believe it takes training. And I believe it takes the right tools. But I can honestly come at you and say the last time that I truly, truly battled for something has been a while. When's the last time that you were on your face crying 
crying because you felt so afraid, because you were so lost, because you didn't have a clue what to do, because you realized that you didn't have the strength to stand on your own. Seek God first. Don't stand on the advice of men unless men were put in your life by God. Seek God first. Stand on His strengths when times are dark, when it's cold, when you're all alone. You can seek God or you can turn the opposite way and blame God. But when you keep seeking, when you keep striving, when you keep pushing forward, the Lord is standing beside you. He is giving you strength. He is building your faith. He is handing you tools. I had one guy say, I don't understand how people get buried alive. Every time they put a shovel of dirt in, just step up on it. And eventually, guess what? You'll be free. Sometimes we got to think out of the box, and guess what? God is out of the box. He doesn't work in worldly ways. That's why we can't comprehend it. That's why we shouldn't try to demean it. That's where the fear of God has been lost. Because God can send you to hell, but He wishes not to. He doesn't want anybody to go there. He says it. He says everybody will have a chance. Everybody will hear it at least once. But it's choice. You get the choice. God wants you to follow Him. He wants you to love Him. He gives you the chance to love and to follow Him and to go spend eternity with Him. Sometimes we got to fight for what we want. I was talking to Sunday school this morning and just giving my two cents with ain't worked much. I've had a lot of people ask me, when do you stop praying? When is enough enough? You know, because Scripture tells us if they won't receive you, kick that dust off, move on to the next. I'm not ready to give up. I don't want to move on. Nothing's working. I've been praying for 30 years. Guess what? It might take 31 years. It might take 32 years. If God hasn't told me to stop praying, then I'm not going to stop praying. If God hasn't told me that's not what's best for you, son, move on, then I'm going to stay right there if I believe in it, and I'm going to pray to God out of faith, and I'm going to press forward. Because the enemy loves to try to intercept our prayers. He loves to try to tell you that God doesn't hear you. He loves to try to say nobody's listening to you. You're the only person with this problem. You're never going to stand alone. He's right. I will never, ever stand alone. I will never stand alone. Isaiah 43, starting in verse 1, says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, 
And he that formed thee, O Israel, talking about that night, Jacob, transformed into Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. That's a promise. He's not saying you won't go through the valleys. He's not saying that you won't stand in the darkness. In Psalms, they're talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be pretty. But I would rather God come take me, a weeping and dirty man at the altar, searching for Him, than I would happy out walking the streets having never known Him. We've forgotten the fear of the Lord. We've forgotten what He has. And that's the power to not condemn flesh only, but the soul also. We've forgotten how to fight. How to battle. How to scrape and claw. In all acts of war, you see the inside of prison walls were scratched and gouged because of people's fingernails fighting and clawing, trying to dig through concrete and mortar bricks with their fingernails. You can imagine that the tips of their fingers were gone, grasping at life. We have forgotten how to battle like that. I pray for everybody here this morning in every church around the world that we can find the strength when it comes time, when we're in the lowest of lows and the lonelies of lonelies, that we can gird ourselves up, that we can stand on the solid rock of salvation that Jesus Christ gave us and know where we're going and face in that direction and pursue forward. Keep pushing forward, gaining strength to move forward. Knowing that no battle is lost ever. Because if you die trying, you have won. Give me my crown. I died fighting. I am a son of yours. And Jesus Christ is sitting there going, Yes, he is one of mine. You can give him that crown of righteousness. He fought for me, he bled for me. He Growed my kingdom. He helped me. He was my hands and feet there on earth. But we've got to learn to fight for one another. We've got to learn to fight for ourselves. I'm not talking about spending 15 minutes weeping and crying. I'm talking about days if it needs to be. I'm talking about weeks. I've heard so many stories. I've prayed for my brother's salvation for 42 years. And guess what happened last week? Yes! 42 years! What if they would have gave up at 41? 
What if they would have stopped at 41? The soldier that wanted to be cleansed, they told him, dunk it seven times in the river. Seven times. Clean. All right. Goes under once. Nothing's happening. Twice. Nothing's happening. Three times. Nothing's happening. Highly decorated soldier getting embarrassed. This dirty, nasty river. Four times. Nothing happens. Five times. Nothing happens. He's like, man, I, this ain't even worth it. I'm out here making a fool of myself. I'm making a fool of myself. I'm in this nasty river. And everybody's laughing at me six times. Nothing happens. I'm done with this. I'm leaving. Seven times. Guess what happened? Clean. What if he would have walked out at six? What if he would have left on six? What if you stopped ten minutes early of praying for a blessing? What if you quit a day early? What if you stopped a foot short? Did God tell you to quit? Then don't quit. There's no stopping point unless God tells you to stop. Amen? I've got people that pray like that for me. I need more people like that in my life. I want to be more like that person. I watched a documentary on a <coughs> child of God. I mean, he's a super anointed dude. But it was a documentary how he prayed two and a half days over this deceased body in Africa. Two and a half days he prayed solid. He did not eat. He did not sleep. He did not drink water. He cried. He prayed. He called out to the Lord. Two and a half days in, the body was raised from the dead and he is living. That's a man that I want in my corner. That's the man that I want to be. But we've got to learn to fight. Because you can bet Satan is studying you. He wants you to fail. He wants you to be weak. He doesn't want to see you succeed. He doesn't want to see you succeed. Guess what happens, Natalie, when you step out in faith? And it works. The devil's mad. Guess what? Her faith in the Lord just got strengthened. It doesn't even have to be you. I've watched my wife succeed over the last three weeks. And I've watched the Lord do things. And it's blessing me because she is stepping out in faith. And because she is listening to the will of God on her life. It doesn't have to be me. But ultimately, I can't hinge on her. I want it to be me. I want to be stepping out and stepping up. Brother Bruce always says, shift it and lift it. I don't know, some drag racing term. In other words, put it in gear. Let's get going. Why are you setting at the starting line? When you say yes to Christ and you've accepted your salvation, you're sitting at the starting line. Now let's go. 
We talked about it this morning. I'm not ready to give up this exciting life that I'm leading of going to bar to bar, having a good time. I got threatened with going to Nicaragua. That's exciting. <laughs> and guess what? I would have went. Brother Bruce always told me, he said, if you see me on a plane, you will know that it's an act of God. Because I will not get on a plane unless he tells me to. But I just, I see things happening in this world. I see people falling. It's worth the fight. Jacob said, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. This battle is not over. He said, yeah, but it's daybreak. Jacob says, I don't care. You have a blessing. I want it. And I'm willing to give you everything that I've got for it. And guess what? He walked away a changed man. Physically, mentally, spiritually, he didn't even have the same name. Do you enter the presence of God in that respect? God, I'm not leaving here until you change me. God, pour into my heart today. God, control my thoughts today that they would always angle towards you. But you've got to want to seek it because it's not always easy. Jacob made a sacrifice that night. He touched his hip socket. He walked away with a limp. I would assume never be fixed. I don't know. It doesn't say. And he walked away limping. But he knew what he wanted. And he knew it was worth the sacrifice. When my dad first had his stroke, I often asked, why my dad? Why my family? I wasn't mad at God. I was just wondering, why us? As I've seen it unfold and as I look back on it, I can see more clearly, why us? My dad is a strong man. He's a changed man now. My mom, one of the strongest women I know. All these friends that dad had, there are three or four people that got saved because of what happened to him. I know why, Dad. Because God knew we could handle it. God knew we could take that and we could turn it into something that was good. He knew that we were strong enough that it wouldn't get us down, that it wouldn't weight us down, that it wouldn't hold us back. He knew that we were strong enough to stand and to push forward and to keep moving. There's a reason why God does things, and that's what I say. Don't get mad just because you don't understand it. He's working together for our good. He promises it. He says it. Everything is for your good. I do everything for the benefit of you. It may not seem so good down here, but I guarantee when that perfectly formed crown of righteousness gets fit on your head, it'll all seem good, and it'll all seem worth it. But there's a battle to be fought down here while we're here. 
not just for us, not just for our families, but our communities and our world in a lost and dying world. But it starts here. It starts inside. You have to start fighting for the things that you want and the things that would please God. Because he said, ask me anything within my will and it'll be done. Your heart has to start desiring what God wants. We have to start conforming ourselves to desire God, to seek God. Well, God doesn't work the same way He used to. He can't, there'll never be another Elijah. There'll never be another Elisha. There'll never be another Jeremiah. There'll never be another Isaiah. Who says that? Who says that? God didn't say that. I believe that God wants to use reverent and righteous men the same way today as He did in the Old Testament. He wants to give people power. He wants to lift people up. He wants to. Who here is willing to sacrifice as they sacrificed? Ha, <laughs> ooh. That gets a little harder. One of the prophets laid on his same side for like 347 days to warn Jericho of the falling. 347 days on one side. Wow! 40 days with no food and water. Holding your hands up in the air so long that you've got to have people hold them for you because you can't do it anymore. But they know the only way to victory is hands lifted in praise to God because He holds the power. I want friends like that in my life. Come hold my hands because they stood there as long as He did. They waited as long as He did. They believed in what He believed in. And God answered and God prevailed, but not without sacrifice. He pushed forward. He found a way. Because every time he quit praising God, and every time he took his hands down the pointed to the ground, they started losing. And he was willing to sacrifice. And his friends that were with him were willing to sacrifice. When you're going into battle, you need God and you need friends to lift you up and help you through. But you got to have the Spirit inside of you. Jeremiah says, I don't want to keep talking about the Lord. I'm out here in this death man's trap outside the gates, and they're making fun of me. I don't want it anymore. Yes, I do. The Word of God is building so hot inside of me, it's a fire I can't keep it in anymore. He wanted to back out and he wanted to quit, but he dug down and gained some extra strength and he went forward. Keep pushing forward. We have the tools. We have the equipment. We have a plan. And we have a God. Amen? Life's not always pretty, guys. And I'm not going to tell you that it is because it's not. And I'm going to end, and we're going to open the altar. But I'm going to end with Psalm chapter 27. If you would, please stand with me. 
Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Goals. What are your goals? What are you praying for? What are you fighting for? What is the season that you're in? It may be a hard one. I don't know. This season may be the hardest season you've ever went through in your life. And you're questioning, why is this happening? What is going on? Look at the Lord first. Say, Lord, how are you transforming me? Help me see it. God, whatever it is, I know that you're building me stronger. God, I know that you're building my faith in you. God, I know that the next thing I'll battle, I'll have this in my arsenal of weapons that I can use to battle the next demon that comes my way because I know they're coming, but I am ready and I stand fast. Don't look at it as a valley. Look at it as training ground. You're in the weight room. You're digging deep. Press forward. Don't allow them to get you down. We're going to open up the altars. If you're looking for that strength today, look to the right spot. If you're looking for guidance today, look to the right spot. God is going to build up an army that's so great that Satan will never prevail against it. I want to be a part of that army. I want to be one that's called to go fight in God's battle. I want to help people understand the strengths that they have. I want to show people God because He is their strength. He is their refuge where they're going to find rest in times of struggle. He is where they're going to build from. That is the solid rock that you can stand on forever. It's an eternal rock. It does not matter what comes. It does not matter rain, wind, snow. The rock is there for you to stand on forever and for always. The altars are open. If you're seeking God today, we will play the piano all afternoon. We will keep the doors of this church open. If you need a prayer partner, if you need a prayer warrior, if you need to know that somebody is in your quarter physically here on earth, you can find it here. We're here to build each other. 
We're here to give each other strength. We're here to put our footsteps back on the path of righteousness to God. That's what we're here for. We're allowing God in our hearts today. We came at Him like Jacob and we said, God, we're coming to your house this morning. We're not leaving until we get a blessing. God, I don't want to walk out the doors until I'm changed today. God, build me up, fill me full, light my fire, turn me loose and watch me go. Seek God first. The altars are open.